I don't know if I have a message per se as much today as maybe just a lesson or a reminder that was brought about by some things I've had on my mind and then honestly some things that were said yesterday uh, that just brought to mind a, a beautiful reminder but before I go there I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 4. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. For another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made, and have been made all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again to the the head, to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness, for our comely parts have no need. But God has tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. I was struck by several things yesterday, and one of the beautiful illustrations that Brother Reynolds made was that the church was tasked in Jerusalem with going out from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world, and with them they were to take... I really loved his terminology. With them they were to take a sort of mobile Jerusalem. Now, I had to ask him about that because at first I heard that a mobile Jerusalem church, but no, it wasn't a mobile Jerusalem church. It was a mobile Jerusalem. We need to remember what Jerusalem was. Jerusalem was God's 
city. It was the holy city. It was the place where God dwelt. Now what does that say about a local church? If the local church can be likened to a mobile Jerusalem. That the local church, the Lord's churches are the dwelling place of God. We do well to remember that. See, the scripture that I read this morning makes it clear that unlike much of the world thinks, a church of the Lord Jesus Christ is not an organization. It is not a corporation. It is not a civic club. It is not a charity organization. In fact, it's not an organization at all. It's an organism. A church is a body of Christ. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Jesus Christ, when he dwelled on the earth, was the dwelling place of the Spirit of God. He was God incarnate on the earth. And you would think that as the eternal son, and surely his disciples thought so too, that it was very strange for him to say, it is expedient for you that I go away. How is it convenient for us that the Lord had to go away? It was convenient for us because in body he left the earth so that he could send his spirit to remain with us. But his spirit needs a body. Just as our spirit needs a body here, his spirit needs a body, and that body is his church. When we say that we are the body of Christ, that is, yes, it is somewhat metaphorical, but it is also very literal in that we are called to be about continuing the ministry that Jesus did while he was here. That's why I agree with Brother Hackett when when he says it's very arrogant for people to talk about my ministry. Because if it's your ministry, if it's if it's my ministry, then it's pointless and fruitless. But if I'm about being used of the Lord to continue his ministry in the earth, if the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is about being used by him to continue his ministry, to be literally his hands, his feet, his eyes, his nose, to be his body in the community in which we are set, as that mobile Jerusalem, as that mobile dwelling place of God, just as Jesus Christ human body was the dwelling place of God on earth, so are we the dwelling place of of God so that we can continue his ministry and literally be his hands and feet in the earth. Now, can we do the exact same things that he could do? No. But Jesus himself said, I've come to preach liberty to the captives. That's what we do when we preach the gospel. 
We tell people who are bound in chains of sin and despair that there is a hope, that there is freedom to be had. When, we, when He said He came to bind up the brokenhearted, that is what the church is about. People that are broken by their sin, broken by the pain of earth, by the, by the pain that this life gives because of sin. We can bind them up. How do we bind them up? The same way Jesus did. It wasn't just a miraculous touch. It's that He loved them. We can bind up the brokenhearted by loving them. He came to... I'm trying to remember all the things that he said. I, I, didn't, I didn't bring that scripture with me. But he came to proclaim liberty to the captives, to bind up the brokenhearted, and to declare the coming day of the Lord. That also is what we do as the body of Christ, is to say that there is a day coming... When God in all of His holiness and all of His righteousness will finally be revealed in the last day. The warnings that Brother Mullins was talking about yesterday. Now that can take different many forms. But we continue Jesus' ministry as a church and as individuals ordained and set apart by those churches, preachers that go out. We continue That same ministry. It's not my ministry. It's the Lord's ministry worked through me if I am surrendered to it. It's the Lord's ministry worked through Grace Church if we are surrendered to it and allow ourselves to be used of Him. And it will take different forms. That's how I started out. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations. And that word administrations is types of service or ministries. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations. That word operations is workings. There are different ways to accomplish those goals that Jesus set forth. He didn't bind every broken heart the same way. He didn't didn't proclaim liberty in the same words and in the same way to every captive. There are different ways to work. And just like that in our context, in the people that we come across, there are different operations, but the same Spirit works in us. And what a beautiful picture of the church being a mobile dwelling place of God. And uh, in in talking with Brother Reynolds yesterday, he, he mentioned when the woman at the well talked to Jesus and said, you say that the only place to worship is Jerusalem. Wouldn't that be so limiting were it not for the fact that through the church we have a mobile Jerusalem in every community that that we can reach. We can go and have a body of Christ set up for that community and have a mobile Jerusalem, a dwelling place of God because where God dwells, that is the only true place to worship. How do you worship God from afar? You have to go where He dwells so that you can kneel in His presence and bow down and give Him the homage that He is due. But the beautiful thing is for those of us who are saved, God dwells within us. 
And when we meet together as a body of, of regenerated people, God dwells among us. We don't have to go to earthly Jerusalem to worship. We simply need to be in the presence of God. So this idea of of a body, and this again was brought to mind by Brother, Brother Reynolds' message yesterday. We can't take this too lightly. And I know in, in another context, and I'm not trying to be contrary to, to Brother Hackett, because I, I think in the context he's talking about, as opposed to the overarching government of like an Episcopal system, then yes, you could say that that a true church of the Lord is like a, a loose federation, is, is the term that you've used, in a governmental sense. But we have to see the other side of that, because in a spiritual sense, there is no way that a true church of the living God is a loose federation. Because we're tightly knit together as a body. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Meaning members of this particular body. But even with the hand, my hand is not separate from the rest of my body. It's connected by skin and by sinews and by tendons. And more importantly than that, it's, it's connected and kept alive through the transfer of, of oxygen that flows through blood. The same blood runs through my entire body. So it is for a body of Christ. We can't think that we are only loosely connected because every part, every member is vitally important to the health of the body. And there are many congregations that, that forget this. And there are many members in those congregations that forget the beautiful truth in that. Because let's think about what a body does. Sometimes after a long day at work, one or, or let's just say that I have a weakness in, in one foot. My left foot gets really sore. I mean, almost to the point that it feels broken at times. And, and Jessica can tell when those days are because I come limping in. I get off that foot as fast as possible. I still walk on both of them, but I wind up limping. So what's happening at that point is one member of my body is weak and the other members are compensating. They're taking up a share of the slack so that this member has time and room to heal. Do we do that within the Lord's churches for our members that are weak? Do we bind up the broken among us? And I'm not talking about us. I'm, you know, in, in particular. Uh, some of you are either shaking your head or nodding your head. I'm talking about in general in the Lord's churches. Think about the state of where we are in. That in my body, 
My whole body knows if there is a weak member. And everything else rallies to try to preserve. And you see that even in, in science shows us that even in the times that, that we don't necessarily see it. If, if you get into cold weather and, and start experiencing uh, hypothermia, you know what happens? Everything diverts resources and heat to the inner parts to keep the body alive. Members of the body sacrifice themselves to keep the whole alive. Self-giving, self-sacrificing, that's agape love, one for another. As demonstrated in my own body and in your own physical body. Now the church is to be the body of Christ. Many of our congregations need to learn a lesson from our physical bodies on how to support one another. Now, a loosely knit federation wouldn't do that. Because the definition of a federation is that they are sovereign states united together with a central government, but retaining some degree of sovereignty. But my hand is not sovereign. My hand only does what my head tells it to do. So there's nothing federated or, or loose about it. If my hand suffers, it tells my head, and my head tells the rest of my body, pick up the slack. Help the hand. Do we do that for our brothers and sisters? And in our congregations, do our members have that understanding that the body cares for them in such a way that they're willing to be vulnerable enough to let the body know that there's an issue? So one of the things that, that was made clear, and I can't remember who said it yesterday, but it was made clear that, oh, it was Brother Reynolds again. I got so much from him when he talked about the kingdom and that if if we all as men would perfectly follow the Lord then the kingdom of God and the church would be inseparable but because we're made of people who are fallible they don't always coincide so you would think that Christ is the head of the body that if, if a member of his body is hurting then it would tell the head and the head would, would communicate that to the rest of the body but that doesn't always happen because we as members of the body aren't always listening to our head. But the only way that a church can be truly healthy as a body of Christ is if we are willing to be self-giving, self-sacrificing, are willing to be loving enough with that agape love of the Scripture that we are willing to give of ourselves to prop up a member who is hurting. That we are willing to listen to our head and know how to respond in such a way that then one, when one is weak, the rest of us pick up a little bit of, of, the, of the work 
so that we can prop up and bind up that member that is hurting. But we can also only be healthy as we, as members in particular, have enough love and trust for the body in which we're a part to be willing to share and be vulnerable and say, I'm hurting. I need help. And that goes counter to our pride. But there were a couple other things that came to my mind as he, as he spoke. Someone mentioned church discipline yesterday. Actually, I'll get to church discipline in a minute. He spoke a lot about the Baptist distinctive of the fact that our uh, a church of the Lord is composed only of those who are regenerated and baptized. And, and that is... That is a historical Baptist distinctive that has somewhat been lost in the idea of organizations and clubs. See, the, the, I, the main thing is we've lost this idea of what it means to be a body of Christ. I was a member of the Kiwanis Club in Greenville. Anyone been a member of a civic club? I, I was a member of the Kiwanis Club. That we had some. Uh, it was partly for networking. That's true. But also there were some shared goals that we had. There were some causes that we worked toward, mainly. Um, children's causes uh, in in the region, and also you know greater uh, co-ops for national causes and whatnot. So we would meet together. We'd have fellowship. We'd have meals, and hear speakers from different areas of life, just giving us different things. And then we would also do fundraisers and activities designed to support our goals. But the thing is, anyone could join the Kiwanis Club. You didn't have to be any particular race or ethnicity or didn't even have to have um, a particular affinity to the club. In fact, you could just try it and then leave at any time. There was no initiation, no, no covenant, no agreement that you made except to pay the dues. And then you could come eat the meal with us. You could bring guests. It was a civic club. And it was a wonderful thing on a civic level. But I'm afraid that many places that are calling themselves churches are now operating like civic clubs. Where there's greater strength in numbers, we can get more done with more people. So bring everybody. No qualifications for membership except to show up and to pay the fair share of dues. I mean, you know, the meal that you have at the, at the weekly meetings needs to be paid for somehow. But other than that, there are no qualifications, and you can leave at any time. There's no commitment, no qualifications. It's simply just come and see, and as long as you have fun, as long as you get something out of it, you're welcome to stay. That, brothers and sisters, is a loose federation. That is not a body. Because while I was in the Kiwanis Club, I had acquaintances, I had a couple of friends. But I had no true bonds. There was nothing binding me there. 
And in a similar way, I can't just add parts to my body that don't belong. In fact, even if I'm hurt, if I'm hurt and were to lose a lot of blood, I could have a blood transfusion that would that would keep me alive. But could I take just any blood? No, and I won't even get into the blood type things. We'll get into an RH factor. You know, everyone has a blood type, A positive, A negative, B positive, B negative, O positive, O negative, and all that good stuff. And that positive or negative is the RH factor. And if you mix the RH factors, the body will create an immune response and reject the blood. And if not treated soon enough, the body will die. The same thing goes with transplants of, of organs or parts. Medical technology has made some incredible advancements. But there are people that have organ transplants that, yes, they get years added to their lives, but at what cost? Sometimes they're taking an anti-rejection drug for the rest of their lives. Because it's not a match. It's not the same. We can't just take in or add anything to our body. It has to be a match. It has to have common genetic material. And the reason that our Baptist distinctive that Brother Reynolds talked about yesterday is so important is that the thing that you and I all have in common, now many of us are related actually by blood, and that happens in churches. Many of us are related by marriage. That also happens in churches, historically and still today. I know people will sometimes think, well, that's just a small family church. All churches started as small family churches. But the reason many of us are even related by marriage is because even before there was a marriage relationship, there was a blood relationship. The blood relationship of being entwined together by the blood of Christ. Being renewed, being regenerated, being born from above gives us all royal blood flowing through our veins. And it's because of that commonality of blood that we can add members that share that. But the reason the Baptist distinctive is so important is that if we take in members that don't share that royal blood of Jesus Christ, then we have an RH negative response. It may not be immediate. But at some point, if you transfuse blood that is not compatible, the body will begin to reject and the body will begin to die. We're not a club. We're not an organization. We're a body. And we must take care of ourselves as we take care of our body. And just as we wouldn't take just anything in, we must maintain that Baptist distinctive of 
to our best ability ensuring that we only take in members who we are as sure as we can be that they've had an experience of new birth and salvation. Not because we're elitist. Not because we're snobby. But because that's how we take care of the body. Because if we start mixing blood types... we run the risk of the destruction of the body. Now that runs counter to the inclusive society that we have. It runs counter to the ideas that we have in our culture today and in the church, the religious culture of evangelism. And just get them in. And yes, the Bible does say compel them to come in. Go into the highways and byways. To come in. Yes, we welcome folks to come into our doors and hear the gospel. But incorporating them into the body is a wholly different matter. But our religious culture has taught us that just compel them to come in. And that there's strength in numbers. And oh, if more people come in, we see better metrics. We see better results. Surely we're doing something right. But if you don't take care, you're killing yourself. We're not an organization, we're an organism. And I love the fact that Brother Reynolds spoke about the Baptist distinctive yesterday. And sometimes we need to be reminded of how important and why it's important. It's not important because we're elitist and we only want to let our own kind in. It's important for our survival. As an organism, we don't want our body to reject things that have been brought in unduly. Just as if you go to a hospital, it will check every pint of blood. It will check compatibility for all skin, all organs, so that your body won't reject what you receive. Shouldn't we also check the compatibility of what we are about to receive so that our body doesn't wind up rejecting it down the road? Someone also brought up discipline yesterday, and that's not something anyone wants to talk about, especially in the organization churches because the organization congregations feel like, well, everyone comes together for this common goal, but after they leave our parking lot, because after all, the church is the building, after they leave, well, then they're autonomous. And what they do on their own time is their own business. And after all, I don't want to go after this brother or sister who's doing something to possibly bring shame or reproach upon the church because it's only on them, really. And what if they find the skeletons in my closet? We're afraid of church discipline, by and large, in our culture. But why is it important? 
And we see that here too. Because if you have a member who says, well, I'm not the hand, so I'm not of the body and I can do what I want. Is it not still part of the body? I could go on with that metaphor, but then I also think of Jesus. Now, he was speaking to legalists and saying this, but he said, if your hand offend thee, cut it off. If your eye offend thee, pluck it out. Now, we can... We also know that he gave us a pattern for church discipline that is not that merciless. In fact, it's filled with mercy. It's filled with gracious attempts to reconcile someone. But why is it important? Because just as when my foot hurts and and I limp around and the rest of my body, my other leg, and see when my other leg takes up some of the slack, then that also affects the weight distribution on my hip, which means this hip takes a little more punishment. But that also throws off the alignment here in the upper part of my body, which means this part of body gets out of line and these muscles take on more strain than these muscles, which then transcends into my neck. And it goes straight up to the head. When one member is hurt, the entire rest of the body rallies around it to help as it should but if I don't then get off of my foot and allow it to rest and recover and I keep putting that excess strain on the rest of my body then the rest of my body will eventually wear down and so then instead of one hurting part I have an entire systemic breakdown It's been said that a chain that a, a a chain link is only as strong as its weakest link. And the same is true of our body. We're only as strong as our weakest part. Someone may in fact there have been examples of this. People who were incredible bodybuilders could lift vehicles and then fall dead of a heart attack because their heart was weak. What good did their bodybuilding do them? What good did all that upper body strength do them? They had incredibly strong arms, strong pecs. They had strong muscles, but the muscle that mattered the most was the weakest in their body. When one of our members is weak, yes, we should come alongside but we're also only as strong as our weakest member. So if we have a member whose weakness has been brought about by sin, then we need to address that. Because we can only compensate for so long before that, before that sin-sick weakness in the body brings the rest of the body down. Again, the, the mandate for church discipline wasn't because we're snooty or we're arrogant or we're elitist or we think we're holier than anyone else. It was for self-preservation. 
Some will even say, I've even heard some missionary Baptists say, well, we've got to keep the church pure. It's not even about purity. It's about self-preservation. It's about the body keeping itself alive. If your foot develops gangrene, what do the doctors do? They cut it off. Because they're mad at your foot? Or because you're mad at your foot? No, it's because it's already dead. It's already diseased and dead. And the longer it stays, the more it's just going to infect the rest of your body. So yes, there are times when a, when a member will fall into temptation, will fall into error, and they become sick, they become diseased, and that must be dealt with. We cannot turn a blind eye to sin in the camp. We try to deal with it in a loving manner, just like, just like if your foot starts to get infected, starts to get gangrenous, you try to treat it. You start with bandages. You go to your brother or sister. And if that doesn't work, you go to some specialists. You take the elders with you. You see the parallels I'm making to the steps of discipline? But eventually, when the, when the specialists say there's nothing to be done, when the elders have gone to that brother and sister and said they will not repent then the body must make that decision to cut off the member in order to survive, in order to live, in order to maintain any semblance of effectiveness in the ministry we've been called to, which is the continuation of Christ's ministry in the world. We have to view ourselves as a body. Not as an organization, but as an organism. And then some of the things that the religious culture tells us are wrong about the old traditions, we see that it's not an old-time way, it's the way. It's not some outmoded, outdated way of thinking It's the only correct way of thinking. I've said before, I know know Sister Connie's heard it and has laughed about the way I'll rant about it. I can't stand it when I hear people talk about the old-time way and everything that goes along with it. I can't stand it because in our culture, if you talk about an old-time or an old-fashioned way, what you're saying is that it's older and there's a newer way that's just as valid. But the new way of creating a corporation or an organization and calling it a congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ without any of the distinctives that make us a body of Christ is not a valid way. The old-time way is not an old-time way. It's the way. And when we call it the old-time way, we... We seed, mm, trying to think of words for that. When we call it the old time way, we forfeit the right to stand on truth that it is the way. We give validity to something new. We give validity to another gospel, which is no gospel, as Paul said. And it's hard. I, I know we have 
I know we have brothers and sisters in, in other organizations that don't necessarily see it the way that we do. And they may have seeming success in, in their ministry programs for a while. But at some point, the RH factor is going to kick in because they're not a unified body. At some point, sickness is going to creep in and the entire body is going to be crippled because they won't deal with the fact that they've not preserved the body because they've been too busy maintaining an organization. Now, in terms of government, yes, you, you could... You could use the Federation thing. Actually, I think the Loose Federation is a better descriptor for what associations should be. If you're going to have associations, then call it a Loose Federation, where everyone maintains their sovereignty. Every member maintains its autonomy. But maybe you come together for common goals, common purposes. But in the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's far more. on a spiritual plane. Now ye are the body of Christ. Ye are the body of the dwelling place of God. You are the mobile Jerusalem. You're the body of the anointed of the Most High God. That's the other thing that Christ means. It was actually, I can't remember exactly how it would have been in, in Greek, but his name is Yeshua, but his last name wasn't Christ. He was Jesus, the Christ. We're the body of Christ, the body of the anointed of the Most High God. And members in particular, which means each of us who has been born again and integrated into the body of Christ is anointed by the Most High God. How can we not? How can we not take care to preserve that? Now, you're the body of Christ and members in particular. 